2: Welcome to Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom today. For the Tell Dell version of the show, we have a guest with us today that's been with us for 13 years—long time for lifestyles. Uh, very interesting to hear his story. His name is Ronald Spencer, and Ronald, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dell. Can you hear me? I can hear you fine. So, Ronald, uh, a couple things that are not in your bio, uh, summation type things that I'd like to get out up front for people so we can uh, introduce you is, number one, where do you live at?
3: Uh, Around the Dallas area, Dallas, Texas.
2: And uh, also, how many units do you have in various formats? Because you've got them spread out all over the place in different kinds of investments.
3: Right now, we have right at 100.
2: And are those the IRO deals or are those the passive deals it's, or yeah, the it's, homes? It's a mixture. So we start out as single family, and
3: uh, uh, those are all, of course, IRO single family deals. Uh, and then uh, currently have two uh, apartment communities or, as other people say, apartment complexes up in Kansas City, uh, totaling 74 units and we've got uh, an IRO deal down closer to, to Dallas, Texas.
2: Well, that's interesting because I was looking at your um, portfolio of properties. And they're all over the place, so you obviously don't have any problem with uh, buying anywhere that you find something you like, right?
3: Yeah, so I prefer, you know, I- I-35 corridor. Uh, of course, prefer being in your backyard, Dallas-Fort Worth. Uh, we've also
2: ventured to, to Houston and uh, Kansas City. How far away is Kansas City from from Houston, or from Dallas? I mean, that's so, quite a ways, isn't so, it? Yeah, from
3: Dallas, it, there's multiple ways to get up, but generally they're all the same, right at eight and a half nine hours
2: with stops. So. Wow! So you have to be totally uh, comfortable with your on-site management and/or management company, whichever you're using, which we'll get into in a minute. Let's go back to the beginning. Tell everybody about yourself and um, your education, your background, and how you came to be interested in real estate.
3: So I came from fairly humble beginnings. I grew up on a farm in Marshall, Missouri, which is uh, just off of I-70, about an hour and a half outside of Kansas City. Um, uh, Eventually went to a a school called General Motors Institute. Up in Flint, Michigan, worked for General Motors as an engineer back in the 80s and the 90s. Uh, Eventually came down to Texas A&M to to do uh, graduate degrees. Uh, Worked in the field of engineering, electrical engineering, for about 30 years, almost 30 years. Um, Found lifestyles, I guess, probably about 25 years into that. And uh, I've been been retired, uh, doing real estate full-time now for, I guess, going on seven years.
2: Wow, good for you. That's great. So let's talk about um, what drove you to look into real estate or however you got introduced to it.
3: So it was a combination of, I guess, the carrot and the stick. Uh, the, 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 the stick was, or I guess the pain, uh, more so, of working, you know, going into work uh, when it was dark and coming home when it was dark versus... I think some of that is uh, a function of my personality, it's working a lot, but you know, a lot of it was not in, in my control. And um, you know, you don't when you're a W two employee. Which there's nothing wrong with being a W two employee because we have to have W two employees to 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 help uh, all kinds of business activities. But you just don't have the kind of control that that I desired. You know, you don't uh, choose when, when you come into work or where, um, you might have to drive, you know, an hour, uh, you know, you don't choose necessarily what you work on or who you work with and uh, you can't raise your income. So, and of course I was living paycheck to paycheck. And, uh, even though I was making well over six figure salary, it's, it's, it's amazing how that happens. It's amazing how the uh, expenses of life just, you know, pile on one at a time. And, uh, before you know it, you're spending every bit of your paycheck just to, to stay, stay afloat. So, um, I guess the other part of it then was we had a, a friend in high school who was, their family was a very big real estate investment family. And I, noticed that they had somewhat of a carefree lifestyle and they just kind of thought about things a little different. Uh, not only were they fun to be around, but uh, they also had a, a pretty good understanding of the world. Uh, that, that's something that was, uh, that I've developed through real estate that I was, a, un, I guess, not unintended consequence, but something that was unexpected. So those two things kind of conspired together to, and then of course, we had the, the looming financial crisis that was in the news left and right, and the writing was on the wall, and, and then, of course, Lifestyles came, was advertising, had just come to Dallas-Fort Worth, and I think it was late 2007. So, really, it was kind of a confluence of three or four things.
2: So, um, yeah, we need to clean some of that up, because people can't follow it. Um, let's go with this first. Um, where were you at when you were working in corporate America? What city, what part of the country were you we living in?
3: So, I was in Dallas. Dallas
2: area. All right. And uh, what year was that? You said the looming financial crisis. What year was that? Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay. You know, you tell these stories, and Ronald, you have to realize that to you, they're they're burnt into your brains for life. <laughs> the other people out there, we don't have any idea you know, because there's so many things you could have run into in your life but 2007 was one of those where it was a, it wasn't just a looming, it actually did crash so that's an interesting time Um, during the 2007 time did you find any or feel any pressure on your job? Oh
3: yeah, yeah we we were designing integrated circuits that had to do things that it had never been done before and you didn't know if there was really a solution to all the specs that were given to you and you know, all the constraints that you had to deal with uh, you just had to go into it with a good attitude and and uh, and uh, work at it diligently so
2: um, spoken like but, a pure uh, engineer <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right if it's not broke it needs reinforcement in other words,
3: no, it's a, no, we just trying to push the boundary. And when and when you're trying, you're up
2: against physics, physics can't be fooled. So you're up against yeah. reality. How about family? Tell us about your family. So uh,
3: I was divorced a couple of years before I found real uh, lifestyles on the radio. Um, and uh, of course, I'm recently remarried to, to Catherine and couldn't be happier. So it's a, a blessing in my life. Of course, I had to wait 16 years, but the worth the wait was well worth it. Uh, so I have family up in Kansas City, uh, I have family down in in Fort Worth, and then of course my mom just moved to Rockwall, Texas, which is just outside of Dallas as well, from Kansas City. So we got her down, and we're we're happy about that. I had a so, daughter as well.
2: I'm trying to circle into the expenses thing because a lot of people are sitting out there with the same. Problem, and um, I'm just trying to touch my finger on if I can. How do you make a hundred thousand dollars a year and have expenses problems? What kinds of things were taking you over?
3: Well, uh, I wasn't really spending that much on the home mortgage. Uh, I did have car payment. Uh, I had a huge uh, child support. The thing is, when you have a W two at job and you get divorced, they want to take a certain amount.
2: Of your paycheck, and then there's really no, no way out of that. So, okay, so uh, the child support was, a big chunk of it. Now, it's, yeah, now it's I've got what fine. I wanted to know. So that that is devastating, uh, especially if you have a big paycheck, because they just look at the paycheck and deduct. Period. They don't. That's there's right. no conversation about it. It doesn't even matter if you have an attorney; they're going to take your money. So, um, moving along here, you came to us at what year? I can't really tell here. It's 2007, it 2007. Says. To present. So, did you come in right at the time when the recession was starting?
3: About, I guess it was January, yeah. Early January of 08.
2: All right, well, we're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Ronald Spencer and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
1: So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball
2: your way.
1: more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time Del Wamsley Del Wamsley radio show with me
2: here today is Ronald Spencer out of the Dallas area and Ronald has retired himself in a relatively short period of time by putting together a portfolio predominantly owned by himself uh, he has done some other deals. He's uh, signed for some other deals, and he's been in other deals, but he's predominantly an IRO investor. And we're really happy to have him here today because I really think that the IRO investing, which is how I started, is an, is really the backbone of investing. So, Ronald, let's take it from this point of view. You came out in 2007. You had some issues, a divorce. You were at that point in your life where things were just challenging, and uh, we've all been there. I'll had that I've been through two divorces so I know what it's like and at that point you have this opportunity in your life to change your life forever it's like, okay i'm gonna I'm gonna play this for the rest of my life in a different game plan than what I did before so at that point tell us how you found lifestyles unlimited
3: so listening to the radio um, just uh, I couldn't get enough of it so just it rang true to me and it, it was and I guess uh, you had podcasts back then too, so I've listened to the podcast. But go back and listen to the, to the, the previous shows. So uh, just, it just, it's just real, and it, and it just resonated with me.
2: Well, you're a highly educated engineer, and um, I mean, truthfully, guys, this guy's got some got some education behind him. Um, what was it? What types of things really rung true to you that you thought was a reason to take some action?
3: So the whole idea of, of building passive income, uh, putting, uh, putting out some money, investing the money, truly investing, not speculating, but uh, finding deals that you could uh, capture some equity, meaning that purchase the deal it, uh, with the, the price to buy it and to rehab it, to renovate it that you, you are in it for less than what you could turn around and sell it for on, you know, pretty much month, two. Um, and, of course, then you putting in a, 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 a resident. We call, don't call them tenants anymore, but uh, putting <laughs> in a, a resident and getting, <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, I hear getting, the poli- uh, political correctness going, I hear the political correctness r- uh, running through your veins now.
3: Yeah, exactly. So it's part of the whole apartment association thing. thing I think so, but uh, yeah, just chunking in that buying your your life back from corporate America. So you just chunk independence, right? It's uh, of course there's something beyond independence, but you want to go from that dependent stage, as you teach Stephen Covey, I guess, uh, where you're dependent on your parents for allowance when you're young, and then when you get a job, you think that's independence, but no, you're just should just float or switch to your dependent on and uh, you can't if you want a a raise you got to go ask for it Um, you may or may not get it so you're really trying to get to that independent stage that was where I was by uh, chunking in that income you know you buy one house and maybe you've got half of or all of your car payment paid for you get two more houses and now you two or three more houses and you've got at least the principal and interest paid on your house note you know and and, and yeah, as an engineer we just love that incremental progress we like to see that there's a. Uh, we like to see the goal and we and we actually like to see work between where we are and where we want to go because we know that nothing is for free and we're willing to put one foot in front of the other and and uh apply ourselves until we get there and and really, if it's not true, okay, we're going to find out after the uh, one or two deals. But um, the truth is that it is true, and, and we keep going.
2: So. You know, Ronald, that's a very interesting point you just made because I'm a type B. I'm not an engineer, but I'm a type B, and might as well have been an engineer. And the bottom line is that incrementalization of everything in life, isn't it? It's like you get up and go, I'm going to lose weight okay, I'm going to work on one, two pounds this week and two pounds next week. Whereas a type A gets them and goes, ah, I'm going to lose weight. (laughs) 10 pounds, 20 pounds. It's just a completely different way to see the world. So I understand what you're saying. Uh, Incrementalization does really sound good to a type B personality. And that's what I did. And so did you. So how many houses did you buy? I mean, I was looking at your portfolio. It's really long. How many houses did you buy?
3: I think it was, it was, not quite thirty. It was in the upper twenties. Um, so, and, and and a lot of those have been sold. So, it didn't didn't have all of them at one time. But yeah, I would do two or three per year. When really, I was kind of a slow track <laughs> compared to other people in lifestyles. He just went way faster than I. Uh, but I guess.
2: Well, I understand with, that. We, I'm the same way. Yeah. When I first wrote the book on how to do this stuff, I put in there seven years to retirement. Now they're saying two to five. And I retired in two and a half, but I still, when I wrote the book, said seven. It was that incremental. I put it on a spreadsheet and I figured it out. If you saved it, what, you know, you could maximally save as a, as a blue-collar person, mm-hmm. how much money could you save up? How quickly could you buy houses? How much would that increase your income? Uh, there in being able to save more money because you had more income. And I did that whole. Curve and it came out to seven years. Mm-hmm. Even if you started almost broke, you could get you could retire in seven years. So nobody here does it. They they won't listen to me, Ronald. <laughs> they started doing it two years and three years and four years and so forth, just going crazy. They
3: keep breaking the model, right?
2: Yeah, they do. Now the one thing you did do though that I eventually did, uh, is move up to multifamily. And a lot of people get stuck in single family because it works. And, you know, once you find something that works in life, you don't want to give it up. That's, you know, I know it works. Let me do one more and it'll be great. I've fallen into that trap three or four different times in my life. First on single family, then on duplexes and fourplexes, and then on small multifamily deals. And I just got stuck. Now, you know, now I'm buying other things and, you know, like uh, you get stuck on the same thing. Whatever it is you're buying, Going, this is what I know right now. So let's go into what made you and what, how long it was into your progression as an investor that you decided to do a multifamily deal. and What drove you there?
3: So I, I was just uh, really focused on getting that passive income more than trying to build my net worth. Of course, the net worth came, you know, even if you focus on passive income, the net worth seems to kind of follow it. But uh, um, I, uh, my way, I stayed in single-family too long. I think it was maybe seven years uh, before I decided to make the leap into multifamily. Uh, I should have done uh, gone way, way earlier than that, um, just because you, can, you have that uh, sixth way of making the money in the, in the multifamily side, which is the forced appreciation. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, it's kind of like the, the thermostat uh analogy that i think you've mentioned before where you just kind of get used to one way of investing it's working for you and you don't have a lot of pain and you don't still don't know if the next level is really uh, for you or if it's really true and but the one thing i know one thing i've learned is that you don't second guess the wisdom of lifestyles and i could talk in multiple ways on on how i've kind of tried to go just veer off a little bit in one direction but then being pulled back. Um, by the School of Hard Knocks. So the one thing that I've learned is trust the map. And if, you know, you, you don't try to do everything. You just teach what you know, and you know it well. And it's both real
2: and... Uh, well, you, you know why we know it well? It's because we tried all those stupid things ourselves. <laughs> and I've got 30 years of experience of helping people that have tried those things, and they didn't work. And I was right there to witness it all. We're going to take a short break. Be right back with Ronald Spencer and the Del Walsley Radio
1: Show. Talk thirteen seven, the right choice. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free. From the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Dell Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del Tuesday is Ronald Spencer out of Dallas. And uh, Ronald's explained to us how he had got into single family and became good at it. And as usual, with Type B personalities and engineers, once you get good at something, you don't want to change. Uh, You know, if it's not broken, don't reinforce it. Don't upgrade it. And that's not normally an engineer's point of view. Normally, it's if it's not broken, reinforce it and or upgrade it. But in this case, Type Bs, as usual, don't like to change out of something they know very well and they're very comfortable with. So, Ronald, we're going to pick up here and say, what got you to change? What was the stimulus that said, okay, I'm going to get out of the single-family stuff and move up to multifamily?
3: Well, I I started selling. I realized that in 2015 that I had become uh, a million. Of course, it's not a big milestone for a lot of lifestyle members. They're way beyond that, but it was huge for me, and I realized that I had a lot of equity in these houses. And I was was able to sell them and and walk away with fifty, a hundred thousand dollars. And at that point, I really felt that okay, I've got extra money here to, to start moving up in the multifamily. And, uh, and you know, if I lost it, it wouldn't be uh, devastating. But you know, not that I thought I would lost it, lose it. Um, the one thing I've come to believe and understand is that for the risk that you um, have in real estate. It's quite a bit lower than the commensurate, uh, what you would normally think is the commensurate return. But um, I just felt, I guess I wanted something new. I felt very confident ability to do real estate. I knew I liked real estate. I knew that I uh, liked the interaction with the residents and and the vendors, um, frankly. And uh, lifestyles had become uh, such a part of my life that it, it was such a part of my you know extended family as Catherine says it's the it's the family you get to choose um and i just believed it and i just still needed to be a part of it and i wanted to go further
2: well when you uh made that decision let's talk about how you decided what you were going to buy what was it and by the way before, I, before you answer that i'm gonna come back to something. This is not for you. This is just for general public. Guys, what's really interesting is that, you know, you always hear about being a millionaire. In this day and age, being a millionaire is not that much. Uh, We have people that make a million dollars a year. Uh, We have people that make, you know, four or five million a year. Uh, So what he's saying is true. There's a lot more money to be made but that million means something but then ron what's weird about that is when you sit there and you know you're a millionaire and you've just made it like you did then you look back at it and what i felt was kind of let down like well this is it <laughs> it's like what's next what is two million i mean it took you your whole life to make a million and go well what is two million and you go man this isn't going to work unless i 10 times this 10 this, as uh ron somebody else, one of the other guys would say. But the bottom line is it feels like there's nothing in between. There's not like I'm a decamillionaire, right? There's no names for this stuff. So you're kind of stuck there. And then you have to decide you want more. So it's a big decision to say, okay, I'm where everybody in their life tries to get, and now I'm going to try to beat it.
3: Yeah, and it's a balance between um, remembering that you're doing this for, for the lifestyle. We're not doing it for the money. But also... If it's fun and you enjoy the, the, the journey, then why not go for more? And like I think one of your podcasts was entitled uh, "Risk to Live and Live, Live to Risk." It's kind of a circular circular logic that just kind of re- comes back around and reinforces. But um, yeah, it's it's a it's a lifestyle. It's a investing with lifestyles kind of sometimes becomes a lifestyle in and of itself and you've, had, you've, you've satisfied the basic needs, you know, I've got, I've got a lake house, you know, I never want to sell it, you know, uh, married a wonderful woman, uh, just I have the, the, the means to support myself. Why not go further, right? Why not have the fun with people that you enjoy being with who are
2: like-minded? Well, not trying to put words in your mouth, that would be unsanitary, but would you say it's actually where you get your enjoyment at some point point, it starts to become fun?
3: yeah and it is hard work depending on on uh, which path you go of course i took the lead path uh in the multi well first of all the passive path but then the lead path and that is uh, you know a full-time job but you don't spend your whole time there you want to get uh, go through that maturity maturity continuum and eventually be passive and, and be interdependent and, and really get all of your time back but uh, you know like i said before we don't think anything is for free and we enjoy an honest day's work if we know that when we put one foot in front of the other, we're making not just one unit of incremental, you know, progress, but sometimes two, three, you know, large chunks at a time. So that walk can us be through. Something that can be reinforcing.
2: Walk us through your progression mentally to the multifamily. What what did you start thinking? How did you approach it? What did you do?
3: So. uh I Once I had enough money to you know the, the rule of thumb has always been uh, 50,000. Once you have that much, you probably ought to go ahead and, and uh, look at multifamily, see if it's right for you, uh, because you can get the economies of scale uh, to, to try to let's say you've got two hundred thousand dollars to invest. If you're going to try to chunk that out into twenty thousand or thirty or forty thousand dollar increments, you're looking at a lot of different acquisitions in terms of single-family houses, and uh, you've got to go to this place for this house. You've got to go to the place for that house. Although it's really not that much work for the, the houses, but if you when you get into the multifamily, you've got that economies of scale. You've got everything under one uh, roof. Uh, you've got uh, or uh, multiple roofs that are cluster together uh, you've got generally the same like we have one uh, bedroom one bathroom unit then they're the same uh, there's not really a, a unit mix per se so we could just wash rinse and repeat that same rehab plan um, so in terms of the management it's a little bit more standardized um, as far as the investing part of it you make money and, you know, not only the cash flow and the tax advantage and the, the uh, uh, appreciation and the capture, but also the appreciation where when you increase the income or the net operating income of the property, then you're necessarily also forcing the the, the value. I wanted, uh, wanted to be a part of that. So I um, wanted to, to, to give back in, in a sense to let other people invest. Uh, with me, but staying true to the white paper and the and the lifestyles way and and thought process, um, and make some other people money as well as just me. And and frankly, also the ability to go a little faster, go a little bit bigger.
2: So you started with an eighteen unit by yourself, is that correct?
3: No, actually, it was. So I started. I was a a, a key principal. Um, may have been a kind of a dumb move to begin with, but. I wanted to have a little bit of experience in, as a passive uh, first, so that was 120 unit in Waco, and then I upgraded, then uh, or I became an aspiring lead, and then did a 34 unit in Kansas City.
2: As oh, wow. Okay, they've got these out of order then. So you did the 34. What was it about the 34 that attracted you? What? How did you see this as being a good opportunity?
3: So. I had been looking at uh, a lot of different metros. Um, I kind of uh, because I had come up through the recession and seen dollar per unit at like thirteen thousand, and then now, oh my gosh, it's four thousand a unit, there's no way I could uh, I should buy at that level. Uh, I was really looking, uh, broadening my horizon and. Of course I have family in Kansas City and I was up there uh, you know multiple times a year and and I was up there and I said I told my broker at the time you know just look uh, I'd like to see what deals are here and they gave me two and and after having underwritten so many deals that didn't work this one did and there was uh, you know it had everything a lot of things that I was work um, it' pitched roof, uh, brick veneer, uh, central HVAC, uh, no What boilers. year built
2: was it? Yeah. Ronald, what From year that. was it built? Built in 62. Okay, so still pretty old. Uh, what about the other one? You, you've got a 40-unit in Kansas City also. Were they? Did you make them kind of a – well, we're coming up to a break here. I don't want to get into this because it's going to be a good story. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to have you explain – about the second one and how the first and the second created economics to scale, if so, if they did, and so forth. So, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back with Ronald Spencer and the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. So, stay in there, hang in there. And also, when we come back, I'm going to share with you some stuff about our expo we have coming up here. Uh, you're not going to want to miss that either. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Austin's Talk, 1370.
1: Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Dale Wamsley.
2: Welcome back to Dale Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Ronald Spencer out of uh, Dallas area, and Ronald had purchased uh, was telling about purchasing his first 34 unit apartment complex in Shawnee, Kansas City, Uh, Shawnee, Kansas, which I think is outside of Kansas City. And uh, what I want to hear now, Ronald, is if you could walk us through the timetable of buying the 34-unit, what you did to turn it around, and then how you decided you were going to do another project.
3: So, yeah, we got it under contract at the, uh, the fourth quarter of 2017. It was uh, been probably about five, six months after I had really kind of become full-fledged aspiring lead. Uh, with in, in the lifestyles program and then taking the, uh, the, the uh, lead certification training, which is, uh, is, the best in the industry, in my opinion. And, um, got, got it closed, uh, January of 2018. Uh, um, bought it, was a cash flowing business, uh, albeit low rent. Um, and we just started, Renovating the units as they became available, so we didn't try to break too many eggs to make the omelet. Uh, We just did it gradually to keep that cash flow going and and uh, and send those distributions out to both, of course, myself and the investors. Uh, And uh, we uh, now we're currently in the the final stages of a cash out refinance, and between. The money that we've gotten during the normal course of business, what we call the cash flow and uh, the cash out refi, I think we should be looking at close to 100% return uh, count on cash um, uh, over just uh, just over three years. So then, um, looked at got, got another one under contract, a 40 unit, just uh, less than two miles down the street. Try, again to chase that uh, kind of scale that kind of rule of 100 uh, and uh, similar kind of uh, uh, deal um, bought a cash flowing business um, very high occupancy so that you've got uh, something left over after you pay all your bills and uh, but also a kind of a value add component where you can go in and reposition you can the, the properties you can solve problems you can uh, solve the deferred maintenance and uh, take care of residents and then just kind of gradually push that rent up uh to try to create value and that's where we are right now
2: where'd the 18 unit come in
3: So, the, okay yeah i'm oh, sorry the 18 unit was uh, an iro deal uh between a joint venture between my mother and i uh, just a few months ago that was in red oak so that's that's very close to Rockwall
2: where i live so we've got um three apartment complexes you're operating right now and um where and when did you decide that it was appropriate for you to leave your corporate job and just become an independent real estate investor that
3: was uh, almost i guess greater than more than seven years ago now um it was just a, a situation that uh, i was not aligned with management they were making decisions that i knew to be incorrect and i just didn't feel like i had the uh, the mind share or the confidence that uh, that i've had in the in the past it was just not a gation i was and i at that point i had more than enough income that i didn't need that job uh and so i was just able to walk away from it uh, very politely and uh, never look back
2: I'm curious. Um, I have to ask this question. I know it's inappropriate, but I have to ask it anyway. Did the wife come before or after you quit your corporate job? The new wife. <laughs>
3: My new wife, is just. Uh, we got married on Valentine's Day this year. So that was quite, a, uh, I guess, what, almost seven years after I, I left.
2: So she only knows you as a free man then?
3: That's right. If she knew how much I was working as an ice she <laughs> it, it wouldn't be the same, I can guarantee
2: it. Well, that's good because, you know, they say there's seasons of our life, right, Ron? And you go through these seasons and things completely change as to what's important and what's not important in life. And uh, if you don't change your mindset, if you don't realize that your life has changed, uh, then you really are going to be living in some kind of a zone that's not real, you know, you're not, not fitting into where your mind says you should be and things become That's problematic. Right. So what does the wife think about you being a real estate investor, anything?
3: Well, she's she's really uh, behind it. And so she's, now that we're married, she's uh, getting trying to get that, that passive certification, trying to get up to speed where um, where it where? wants to be. And uh, she's jumping right in. So she's uh, helping here and there as she can. And, and uh, she's been very
2: supportive. What does the future look like for your family now?
3: Well, it, it, I have everything that I need. And so at, at some point, I just really, it's just about me giving back. And then the, whatever comes my way is just gravy. Uh, I'm not super wealthy, but I, I, compared to the average um, person, yes, I, I, I'm definitely wealthy enough. So it's, it, you know, traveling, you know, can't wait to, 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 to really do some, some of that. Um, Eventually, uh, Catherine might decide. She, of course, she loves her job, and and uh, she's uh, proud of it, and don't want to take them. Or, but at some point, she won't be able to do it, and there'll be hopefully more time for us uh, to to do to get away.
2: So. Well, it sounds like you've made quite a transition, right, from workaholic engineer to a self-employed uh, individual that owns his own world can do what he wants when he wants with whom he wants so it's a it's a great transition. Uh, what would you tell people who are sitting out there on their couch right now thinking, "Hmm, I don't know if this is real or not. I'm an engineer and I don't believe it." You know, "Oh, no, Missouri. You you had a touch close to Missouri if you're in Kansas City." And that Missouri saying is, uh, "I don't believe anything I hear and only half of what I see." What would you say to somebody like that?
3: <laughs> come come to uh, a lifestyles event once or even before it. you know, we meet back in person, which I can't wait. Uh, and let us show you. Uh, Missouri is the show-me state. Let us show you. Well, It's
2: real. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you being on the show, and uh, I'm really excited about the fact that you've grown so fast and done so much here. Uh, yet I'm happy that you also have <clears throat> totally understood and kept in mind that it's not the money. That is the lifestyle that makes this whole thing work, and I'm really proud that you are able to carry on that way. For the rest of you out there, remember this. Like Ron said, being a millionaire is not as important as being free. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.